0: Let's play a game, a game called Let's Pretend. So, I take you to a wonderful restaurant in the area. Lisa, what's the best restaurant we could go in this area that you would want to go to? My house. Your house. <laughs> wow, is David cooking? Uh, I don't David's cooking, all right. No, wait, wait, wait. We're going out, we're going out. Okay. So give me, Paul, what's a great restaurant? Chick-fil-A, this guy knows how to live it up, huh? And so we go to Chick-fil-A, or we go to the restaurant of your choice, all right? Restaurant of your choice, you got it? We're sitting there, and I said, I'm picking up the tab, and you're going, Ah, we are playing Let's Pretend, aren't we? (laughs) And I look at you, and I say, I have something for you. And I slide you a little box. And I say, Open this little box. And you open it, and there's a credit card inside. And I tell you this I said, that credit card has in it access to an account with $20,000. You see, Bill Gates turns out to be my uncle, not really. But we're playing Let's Pretend. And he has gifted me $2 billion. And so what we're going to do is I have chosen you to help me out. I want to be generous through you. So you're going to go around and you're going to look around And you are going to look for ways to do God's work in people's lives. I want you to help people, be generous in Jesus' name. That's what I want you to do. And in three months, we're going to go to another restaurant. Paul, will it still be Chick-fil-A? Since I'm picking up the bill? Okay, wow, I like it, I like it. We're just eating a Chick-fil-A with Paul, okay? Uh, so, we're going to go, and you're going to tell me the stories of how God worked. And I'm going to put another $20,000 in your account. And then in three months, we're going to meet again. And you're going to tell me the stories and I'm going to put another $20,000 in. How many you want to play that game with me? Any? Yeah. That sounds like fun. Did you know what really happened? Happened to a guy named Chip. His name is Chip. He was a pastor. He was a pastor down in Texas. And uh, it was a few years ago, so he didn't get a credit card, he got a checkbook. He was invited by a guy in his church, and he says, I want you to come, come down to Dallas, I'm going to tell you where to go, and you just show up. And so he showed up, and he was invited to this restaurant, it was one of those restaurants where they don't put the prices in the menu. You know, the army of the waiters with the white. I've never been to one of those places, but I've heard of them, you know, type place. And the guy goes, now order anything you want. Anything you want. And the guy slid him the checkbook. Instead of $20,000, it's a few years ago, so it was $5,000, which is about $20,000 in today's prices. And he said, Chip, you don't tell anybody who's doing this for you, but I just want you to look around and I want you to find ways to be generous in God's name. And then I want you to come back and share the stories with me of what you did. I want you to come and I will refill it. And so the adventure began. It was a woman trying to get back into school. A man needing a tire fixed to get to work. Someone who needed their rent paid. Food on the table. And Chip would ask himself before he accessed the fund, what would my friend want done with this money? And then he would do it. Then they would meet. They would celebrate. And more money would flow into the account all to be used to change lives for the kingdom of God. Now, I want you to hear what Chip said. Chip said, I learned to be very careful with the money. I kept very careful track of how every dollar was spent. I was generous But careful, not because I ever felt I was the lackey of my friend who gave the money, but because of the beauty of the partnership. And I realized that this was not my money in the first place. Did you hear that? This was not my money in the first place generosity is what the follower of Jesus Christ is called to we have been looking at what it means to be a follower of Christ what the traits are and generosity is the last trait we are going to look at and there are several things I want to pass on to you this morning about the trait of generosity and number one is this. We are called as believers to be generous people. Acts 20 tells us what Jesus said. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Proverbs tells us, Solomon writes this, the most intellectually brilliant man, wisest man that the world has ever seen, a generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others, he himself will be refreshed. The word for prosper is the idea that their lives will begin to overflow. They will burst forth with God's abundance. So we are called to be a generous people Because Jesus models this, Jesus enables it, and He promises that there will be an abundance that we can share with others. Secondly, our generosity will flow from having the right heart values. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24, He talks about. Jesus talks about how our hearts are not to be about storing up treasures here on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves can break in and steal. He goes on to say where your treasure is, what's important to you is where your heart is. Jesus is not saying we should not be wise with our money or investments, but He is saying if I am so self-focused that I become greed-centered, and my heart is filled with pleasure-seeking hoarding, I am missing out. Where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Let me put it more simply. I can tell what is important to you, what your treasure is, by two Things. Two things. I only need two things. If I have access to two things in your life, I know what is important to you, no matter what you say. If I have access to your calendar and access to how you spend your money, I know what is truly important to you because both of those reflect your treasure. You say, no, no, no. You don't understand, Pastor Greg. I, I, I'm a victim of circumstances. They, they carry me along. Uh, no, no, no. No, my friends. Both those things do reflect what we value and what we value is our treasure and that's where our heart is listen to jesus again in luke chapter 12 he said take care and be on guard against all covetousness for one's life does not consist of in the abundance of his possessions and he told him a parable saying The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul. Boy, he's talking to himself. That's the third person, you know. Soul. You have ample goods laid up for many years. Eat, relax, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool. Now in the Bible, God does not use the word fool lightly. Whenever you see the word fool, you need to lean forward in your seat and go, what is going on? For when he uses the word full, it often means it would have been better that you had not been born. That's how foolish you are. Fool. This night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared... Whose will they be? They're not going to be yours. Why? Because you're not in charge of your life. So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Do not be consumed about yourself, but be focused on what will last. That is the right heart value. What happens when we focus on what lasts? Then we can be generous. When we focus on what lasts, our heart changes. Ask Bill and Vonette. Bill and Vonette, they got married and early in their marriage, they said, you know what? Why don't we just sign everything over to God? Let's just do that. Let's just, let's just give it to him. And so they did. And they lived that way. Bill and Vonette went on to found something you may have heard Campus Crusade for Christ? It was Bill and Vonette Bright. They had millions of dollars come through their hands. They could have been wealthy people. They never died wealthy. In fact, in 96, they won a prize for what they had done. It was a million-dollar prize. They gave it away to start a university to train people on how to share their faith in another country. They never accepted royalties for their books. They never... Um, in fact, I don't think they ever ever even bought a car. You know, people drove them around. I, I got to meet them one time. Uh, very humble people. People who just love Jesus. They... They, while they had this amazing ministry, they made sure that the board of directors set their salaries, and they said, keep them modest. We don't need much. Any speaking engagements that they would normally get big, big bucks on, they didn't take. They said, why? We'd rather go back into the ministry. We would rather it go into being generous and helping others and being used by God to further the gospel. Give us enough to live on That's all we need. And God used them to impact the world. In fact, Bill Bright used to say, everything about you is influenced by your view of God or your heart value of God. Now, I'm not calling you today to give it all away unless God tells you to. But I'm asking you, does your heart value value generosity? You see, generosity comes, number three, from understanding that everything you have belongs to God. I want, I want you to think about this. Everything you have belongs to God and He allows you to use it. So how are you using it? How are you using it? If everything you have belongs to God, believer, how are you using it? I like what Chip Ingram says on this he says it this way stewardship is the path generosity is the adventure if i want to go on the adventure of generosity i need to live the path or walk the path of stewardship we are called to be generous and how we steward what god has given us allows us to be generous I want to just share with you some of the things you have been given. You may be sitting here today going, I haven't been given anything, Pastor. You don't understand. I don't have anything. So I can't steward anything. Oh, but you have been given a lot. First of all, time. Our time is from God. The NLT puts it this way. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom psalm 90:12 that tells us that life is from god so be a wise steward of it our time is short how about our spouse Proverbs 19, fathers can give their sons an inheritance of houses and wealth, but but only the Lord can give an understanding wife. That's a good one, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Let Let me do a Greg paraphrase. Only God can give an understanding spouse. I'm very blessed. I got one of those. Wow, I have to steward that. I can't abuse that. I need to be wise with this gift. What about our possessions? Luke 16. If you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you're not faithful with other people's things, then why should you be trusted with things of your own? Property, possessions are as much a test to see how we use them as anything. Are we faithful with them or do they reveal a character issue in your heart? How about our spiritual gifts? Romans twelve six. We find out our gifts are a gift of God's grace to us. God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. All of these flow from God's grace to be used. How about God's truth? 1 Corinthians 4. So look at Apollos and me as mere servants of Christ who have been put in charge of explaining God's ministries. Now a person who's put in charge as a manager must be faithful. So those who are put in charge of the truth of God must be faithful to truth. My heart broke this week. I mean, I I wept this week. A friend in the past, an acquaintance now, made it clear that he no longer wanted to be a faithful steward of God's truth. He wanted to reject the Word of God as the Word of God and instead pick and choose his Bible, pick and choose the Jesus he wanted to believe in. And as he made his public declaration, he had many cheering him on, also believing in a Jesus of their own creation, a Bible of their own writing, a faith of their own making. And my heart broke. You have to be a faithful steward of truth, my friend. You can't change truth. You can't change it to fit what you want. I wish I could, it'd make life a lot easier. But truth is truth. How about our body? 1 Corinthians 6. Don't you realize your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. You belong to God. Now, let that sink in. Everything you are belongs to God and God alone. But It's more than that. God has entrusted everything to you so that you can partner with God and have the joy of working with Jesus to accomplish Jesus' purposes and carry out in partnership Jesus' priorities. That's why. He talks so much about things like money and time. Also, the right heart has an eternal perspective. I want to show you the craziest story Jesus ever told. I mean, it is just crazy, and it has to do with money. To understand it, you have to understand the background. The people of God had been in what had been known as a theocracy. That is, God had been in, God in control of their kingdom. And when they had, even when they had a king, it was to be run with God in control. And God gave His beautiful laws for them to follow in order to live in peace and harmony. But people began to game the system the religious elite, elites began to turn the laws into weapons. And they used them to make themselves rich. They began to promote the idea, if you were rich, you were blessed by God, which has truth in it, but they twisted it to begin meaning that rich by any means, you were blessed and chosen by God. And if you were poor, even if it was treachery of the rich that made you poor, you were cursed by God. And they were taking God's values and using them for short-term gain when they were supposed to be eternal values. Are you tracking with me? Instead of what God set them out to be, man had corrupted them. So here's the story. There was a certain man who had a manager handling his affairs. And one day the report came that the manager was wasting his employer's money. So the employer called him in and said, what's this I hear about you? Get your report in order because you're going to be fired. The manager thought to himself, now what? My boss has fired me and I don't have the strength to dig ditches and I'm too proud to beg. Ah, I know how to ensure that I'll have plenty of friends who'll give me a home when I'm fired. So he invited each person who owed money to his employer to come and discuss the situation. How much do you owe him? The man replied, I owe him 800 gallons of olive oil. He said, take the bill and quickly change it to 400 gallons. How much do you owe my employer? He asked the next man. I owe him 1,000 bushels of wheat, was the reply. Here, take the bill and change it to 800. The rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal. Isn't that a great phrase? The dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. And it is true that the children of this world are shrewder in dealing with the world around them than are the children of light. Here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you into an eternal home. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibility. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, and you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Then the Pharisees, who dearly loved their money, heard all this and scoffed at him. And he said to them, You like to appear righteous in public, but God knows your hearts. What this world honors is detestable in the sight of God. Here's what he's saying. First of all, it was clear in that passage that I just read to you that God is not saying cheat. Okay? That's not what it's saying. What Jesus is pointing out is that guy had a look towards the future. That's what Jesus was talking about. He's saying, now you be faithful. You be honest. In fact, it was very clear in that passage. That's what he was saying. Be faithful. Be honest. But look towards the future. Look towards eternity. Do you look towards eternity in how you deal with people? Do you look towards eternity with that which has been entrusted to your care? Do you look towards interactions you have with people and say if I'm I'm generous in this situation, am I building towards eternity? Because a heart that wants to build towards eternity is a heart of generosity. Now you have to have good stewardship to get there. That's why stewardship is the path and generosity is the adventure. That's why we offer things like Financial Peace University to help you discover the path so you can become a generous people. But we want you to discover what does it mean to be generous? You see, you have a few things, but I'm going to make it very simple. You have your time. Are you generous with your time? You have your talents, that which you are good at. Are you generous with your talents? You have your resources, that includes financial, but not limited to. And you have. Generous, with an eye towards eternity with an eye of taking the one resource the one gift people with you into eternity because you know what I can't take time with me into eternity. I can't take talents with me into eternity. I can't take resources, but I can take people with me into eternity. And so I'm going to be generous so I can. Because I want to take people with me. So are you generous? Are you? You generous. Now, some of you are sitting here today going, well, Pastor, when are you going to talk about money? Generosity is bigger than just money. There's a place to talk about money. Jesus talked a lot about money, okay? Okay like one of the number one things he talked about why because that's what we care about we care about money we have to have it to survive we have to have it to operate in this world churches need money to function so well pastor i don't understand some of that stuff okay if you are a generous person I don't have to talk a lot about money. So I'd rather work on your heart than on talking about rules and regulations. So That's why we talk more about being generous than we talk about things like tithes and offerings and things like that. Well Pastor, I don't understand what tithes and offerings and all that are. Well, let me let me just give you the, the shortened version. There's a lot more to it. But I'm gonna give you just kind of the short script. Tithe. How many of you know what tithe means? How many of you have no clue what the word tithe means? Or maybe this is the first time you ever heard the word. Any of you? Okay. Okay, a couple. Think tenth. Old Testament, 10th, came from a law that you gave a 10th. That was your starting point. It would actually go up to about 23%. But you started out with a 10th, and it came from what they called first fruits, which meant the first income that came in, you took a 10th, and you gave it to, at that time, the temple, and uh, it was used to keep the temple running, and it was used to care for the poor. But that tithe. It was called storehouse tithe, meaning it went in. And that was where we got the idea of tithing. Now with that, you have offerings. Those were things over and above. So that's why sometimes you'll hear people pray, thank you, Lord, for the tithes, and offerings. Those were over and above gifts. If you're giving, it's great to use tithing as a great place to start. It's a great place to start. My wife and I, our tithing starts by tithing to the church, and then offerings are for other groups that we support that's for us that that's how we do it i'm not going to make a law this is how you have to do it this is how we do it all right so tithes and offerings people go well does that have to do it in the new testament because we don't have the temple anymore and just, there's some debate on that i'm going to be really just front there are some who say nope don't have to do that anymore because God just loves a cheerful giver yep God just loves a cheerful giver but where should we start well for me I start with the tire it's where I start okay now I do I know what you give no You know why? Because I take James really, really literal for me. And when it talks about valuing the rich over the poor and everything like that, I never want to say, I love you more because you give more than you. The only time in my ministry I've ever looked up someone's giving is when uh, at one church I had person get in my face and go you better do this because I'm a tither and I go oh you are yep you better do this because I'm a tither so I went and looked up their tithing and uh, I said so you understand tithing is 10% yeah and I'm a tither okay well I don't know how they lived on 200 a month because they were only given 20 So, uh, that's not tithing. That's offering. Or I call it tipping. But, you know. um, So, you know, if you're getting my face and tell me, I'm a tither and you better listen to me. You know, if you say, hey, I'm a giver. Okay, I appreciate you giving. But don't tell me you're a tither. Tither means I give 10% of my income. All right? So, that's what that stuff means you know what, the idea of whether I give 10% or I give more or I I pick various ministries, you know what, if I live a life of generosity, that starts becoming immaterial. Because I'm exceeding it if I live a life of generosity. Generosity because I'm I'm overflowing in time and talent and gifts. So let's, let's be practical. Begin by giving your best to God. If you want to live a life of generosity, give your best to God. A life of generosity gives regularly, whether it's your time, your talents, your gifts, your finances. And remember, generous people make God and His purposes their highest priorities. So here's the questions to ask yourself. Am I using what God has given me in according to his wishes? Am I keeping a careful count of where God's resources are going? And am I becoming best friends with God through this process? Because if I'm living generously, it should be bringing me closer to God. That's where it should be leading me. So a life of generosity. Well, Chip and the man had many years of having their secret rendezvous and sharing amazing stories of how God used that money to change lives. But you know what's going to be even better? when you and I are in heaven and you get to sit down with Jesus and he says, how did you use the resources I gave you generously to carry out the work of the kingdom? And you get to say, oh, I know you know the stories, but let's share them again anyway. Amen? Amen.